0: Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation.
1: Stand with me, if you would, as we reverence God's holy word today. First Chronicles chapter 14 is where we're going. You know, I, 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 I'll be honest, I questioned the Lord a little bit this week, um, over this because it hasn't been too many uh, weeks, possibly months ago that we dealt with this story uh, concerning David. but the Lord has, has brought it to me fresh and, and, and I feel uh, a revelation today that he would have me bring them to our church body today. Uh, those that are gathered here, those that are watching my live stream, and so I just got to obey him today and jump back into this. I believe, you know, I've had to eat on it. Uh, my family has partaken of it even uh, even unknowingly, but we have lived this, especially over the past few weeks. And so I believe today that the Lord is, is, uh, is going to speak to us today. So 1 Chronicles chapter 14, if you're, if you're there, shout amen. Verse number 8. And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek David. And David heard of it and went out against them. The Philistines came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines, and wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto him, Go up for I will deliver them into thine hand. And so they came up to Belperazim, and David smote them there. And then David said, God hath broken in upon mine enemies by mine hand like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore they called the name of that place Belperazim. And when they had left their gods there, David gave a commandment, and they were burned with fire. The Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. and Therefore David inquired again of God, and God said unto him, Go not up after them, turn away from them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And it shall be when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that then thou shalt go out to battle. For God has gone forth before thee to smite the host, of the Philistines. And David therefore did as God commanded and they smote the host of the Philistines from Gibeon even to Gazir. The fame of David went out into all the lands and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. I want you to go back with me to verse number 15. And it shall be when thou shalt hear a sound of going in the top of the mulberry trees, then that then thou shalt go out to battle. For God has gone forth before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. For just a little while today, I need the help of the Holy Ghost like never before this morning. For just a little while, I want to come to you on this thought. Waiting, weeping, and worshiping. Waiting, weeping, and worshiping. And worshiping, let's ask the Lord to help us, Jesus. We love you and we're so very thankful for what you've already done in these altars today, and Lord. I stand behind this sacred desk with all humility. I know, Lord, I'm nothing. I ask you, Lord, to clothe me with the anointing of your spirit like I've never known. I ask you, God, to let me speak what you'd have to be spoken today. Let my tongue be as the pen of a ready writer. God, I ask you, Lord, to let an anointing rest on us today to not only speak it, but to hear it as well what your Holy Spirit says unto us in this place. I ask you, Lord, to let it be revelation today that I bring transformation. Let it be revelation that I bring breakthrough. God, let us walk out today knowing we've heard from you, knowing that we've been touched by you. Lord, our lives forever changed. I plead the blood of Jesus over this moment. I rebuke every devil of hell that would want to hinder. And, Lord, we claim your freedom and your liberty to continue in this place. Let the only cloud be a cloud of your glory and a rain cloud that descend upon us, Lord. And let there be a rain from heaven that'll flood this house like we've never known. We ask you to come. Move, minister. Save, heal, deliver. Have your way in this place. And we'll give you praise and glory for all that is accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Before you're seated, high-five somebody. Tell them, say, I'm just waiting by the mulberry tree. I'm just waiting by the mulberry tree. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, I love this story. It is an account that I can recall hearing preached about even when I was a teenager, hearing the message about the mulberry tree. It's an account of great victory over the Philistines that King David and Israel experienced. It's a story, though, that I believe represents in so many ways how you and I face battles as God's people, as the children of God. I believe today that this chapter gives us a lot of insight into what the Lord desires to do in our lives, in every circumstance, and in every situation. When we look at this chapter, it's important to take note that at the very beginning, it starts with a confidence of God's calling and God's anointing and God's blessings upon David. And we see that the Bible tells us that his kingdom was lifted up on high. God was blessing and multiplying David, both his kingdom and his family were blessed and favored. But it quickly shift, shifts from this peacetime and blessings to a time of wartime and challenges. In verse number 8, the Bible tells us that when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over Israel, that all the Philistine Philistines went up to seek David. I want you to notice that there, that all of them went to seek David. I believe we can understand by this that when the devil hears about what God is doing in your life, there's no doubt he will come to seek you to try to bring destruction. In 1 Peter 5 and 8, what did Peter say? Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, what? Goes about seeking whom he may devour. John 10 and 10, you know it, he comes but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. This enemy of our souls will will spare no expense to bring you into a place of defeat, into a place of destruction. Just as all the Philistines went up, this enemy that we face will come as well. It's not the question of if the battle will come, But we find it is more a question of when. Here we see that the Philistines came, and the Bible says that they spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. The very word Rephaim, the name Rephaim means old race of giants. Found that interesting, preacher, because in many ways we see that the enemy always wants to come against us when we're in the valley, when we're in those lowest times of our life. He'll come and spread himself out before us. The enemy will come against us in the place of giants in our life, the valley of giants, if you would. And just as with David, me and you, we will face this same valley of giants. It's a place of intimidation. It's a place of fear, it is a place of strongholds and bondage and slavery. It is a place of devastation and often defeat. It's the place that there's the home field advantage, if you would. And I don't know how many of you are football fans, but if you'll just consider the crowd of the home field and the opposing team that is there, oftentimes they can't even hear standing right next to each other because of the noise. Voice that is there. It becomes intimidation. It becomes a fear factor and a confusion and a hindrance. It's the place known to imprison the challengers that dare come into its valley. It's the place known to swallow up hope and deliver only despair. It's this valley of giants that each and every one of us have faced in our lives. Some may be facing right now. It's a place of failures, a place of mistakes in your life it's a place of disappointments and, and broken hearts it's a place of discouragement and depression a place of sorrows of headaches and heartaches and grief, a place where pain grips a hold of you where storms come that just won't seem to pass it's a place where you're troubled with troubles and you're tried by the tribulations of life that want to get you down and out. Sickness and affliction that seems to bombard you. Not just in your physical body but in your spiritual man bringing you to a place of despair and hopelessness. It's this valley of giants that brings marriages to the rocks. It's this valley of giants that causes that teenager to rebel. It's this valley of giants that causes somebody to fall into sin into a place of destruction this valley of rapheum this valley of this old race of giants that know how to win they know how to defeat the enemy but I want you to take notice today of what happened in this passage and I want to declare over your life today that God Almighty is about to rename the place that you're in Ah, I said God Almighty is about to rename the place you're in. Ah, Look at verse number 10. This is what happened, the Bible shows us. Look at what David did. First of all, the Bible says that David inquired of God. He called on God for an answer. A lot of folks, your problem is you don't call on God first. You call everybody else. You post it everywhere else. And once you can figure out that nobody's going to tell you anything other than you need to call on God, you finally decide you're going to call on God. How much money could you save on the doctor and on the counselor if first you'd learn to call out on God? Ah, How many minutes could you save on your phone if first you'd learn to call out on God. David called out on the Lord and wanted to know what in the world, what do I do, shall I go up? And I want you to notice that the Lord's, And he asked the question, what do I do? Can I go and, and will I win? And the Lord told David, he said, go up for I will deliver them into your hand. In 2 Samuel 5, that particular account of the story in verse 19 said, the Lord said, go up for I will doubtless deliver. Hallelujah. How many of you are thankful that we got a God that there is no doubt about it? He is a deliverer. I don't care how how big the devil is, you're staring down. There's a God that's bigger than your enemy and he will doubtless, I want to know, is there anybody here today that you know what it is to be in that valley of giants and God has come through in your life. He's a doubtless deliverer. Ah. See, David called on God for an answer and then he listened to what he said and he obeyed and we find That he went up just like the Lord said. See, this is the thing. Call on God. Listen and obey what he tells you and then just watch God work. Would you turn to your neighbor and just tell him one time, watch my God work. Woo! come on. Say it little with a little bit of attitude. Watch my God work. Oh, I know the devil's telling you you're gonna die in this valley, but I dare you to say, watch my God work. Ah, I know the enemy's told you your marriage is going down, but somebody declared today, watch my God work. Watch my God work. I'm about to get excited. In verse 11, we find that David went up against the Philistines and the Bible says that he smote them there in the valley of old giants. <laughs> they renamed the place Belperazim. Notice this now. Which means the place of breaking forth or the place of breaches or in other words, the place of breakthrough I just want to I want to know today is there anybody here that I say you know I, I might be in this valley I might be facing this old giant but I'm not going to let the enemy call it Rephaim anymore this valley of giants no 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 yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort me this isn't a valley I'm going to die in this is my place of breakthrough this isn't a valley I'm going down in this is where the Lord's about to break forth on my enemies This is my place of breakthrough. Woo! I like what David said, that God hath broken in upon mine enemies by mine hand like the breaking forth of waters. I got to thinking about that. The breaking forth of waters. Water that can't be contained. Waters that can't be stopped. Waters that can't be crossed. Ah, like Pharaoh's army in a Red Sea, the breaking forth of waters. How many of you know that our God can't be stopped? Our God can't be contained. Our God can't be, are you hearing me today? I believe the Lord wants to break into some people's lives today like the breaking forth of water. I know there's an enemy that's coming against you. I know the devil has spoken gloom and despair into your soul but I've come with good news for you today that there is still a God alive and well today that wants to break into your life like a rushing mighty river. Yes, he does. This valley of giants can become your place of breakthrough. I want you to look for me because we're facing back-to-back battles. I don't know if anybody else knows what that is to face back-to-back battles. You just get over one thing and then there's another battle. You just have victory in one area and then there's another battle. You, 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 you stand in there in, in the winner's circle for just a moment and then there's another battle. And we see this is what happened with David. He just, just experienced victory and then the battle comes again. But there's something sandwiched between these two battles. It was probably, probably the greatest battle of this chapter. And I want you to take notice of it in verse 12. For the Bible says that when they had left their gods there, David gave a commandment and they were burned with fire. The question came up, what do we do with these idols? You see, I believe ultimately Satan's desire was for King David. It wasn't total annihilation. If he couldn't destroy him in one swift motion, I believe he'd be satisfied with a slow fade that would be caused by David giving himself over under the idols of the Philistines. And it's the same way in your life today. If Satan can't take you out in the battle, his goal is to take you out by compromise. Once you finish shouting around the altar, once you finish all your social media posts, once you finish testifying and bragging, on God and when you least expect it you're going to find that there's going to be idols that want to come to your life and the enemy's going to be determined to take you down with the idols of this world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, the works of the flesh, the ways of the world, the religious spirit of the day. You see David said something. He said listen, he, you better burn these idols. We're going to get there in a second but they looked at these idols gods and could have taken them in surely some of them were made of gold some of them were of value but David made a decision no we will not bring the idol gods into our camp burn the idol gods I believe this is significant today this isn't a point you're going to want to shout at but it is a point you need to swallow hard what the Lord's trying to speak today We find an account in Joshua 6 and 7 that somewhat relates to this. And I believe possibly David could have learned a lesson from history. For in chapter 6 it tells the story in the book of Joshua. It tells the story of the great triumph of Jericho. How Joshua and the children of Israel had marched seven days around these these walls that were so tall and wide. And this fortified city. And on this, they marched once every day around the the walls, but on the seventh day, they marched seven times. And on the seventh time, they let out a shout. And when they did, the walls came falling down. You know the story. They went in and took the city. It was the first great victory of Joshua as they began to conquer Canaan land, the promised land. But in chapter seven, it tells a story of devastation and tragedy because Joshua and Israel coming off of the heels of this great victory. Now we find that there was another battle that they were facing. And this battle was a place called Ai. Ai, literally, AI, no, not artificial intelligence. This was a place, Ai. And as they were facing this, the word came to Joshua, don't send all the soldiers just send two or three thousand of our men over there and we can handle this. With this great victory we've just won, we can take this this no problem. What happened was all of a sudden this self-confidence had entered in that they were able to defeat the armies of Ai only to find that 36 men would lose their life. And when Joshua heard the story, the Bible says that he rent his clothes and fell to the earth and began to pray and and call out unto the Lord only to find that the the word of the Lord would come that Israel had sinned. Joshua began to search to find out what, what had happened and it came and boiled down to one man by the name of Achan. You see, Achan, when they had invaded the city, they had been told, do not partake of the accursed thing do not partake of anything no spoil shall be taken from this city they were not to partake of it it's the same way the Lord tells us to come apart and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you call me strange call me crazy call me old fashioned call me whatever you want to call me but I'm still one that believes in holiness I'm still one that believes in righteousness I'm still one that believes and sanctification that a Christian ought to look like a Christian, act like a Christian, talk like a Christian, live like a Christian problem with so many churches and so many so-called Christians is they look more like the world in a juke joint than they do anything like the bride of Christ. Can I tell you today thank God for the breakthrough but you better know the greatest breakthrough in your life isn't going to be what you can post on social media. It's what happens in the privacy of your home. It's what happens when nobody else is looking, when nobody else is watching. It's who you are when nobody else is around. That's where the devil wants to get you. Achan, took, he confessed it and said, I took the garments. They were beautiful. I took the garments. I took of their money. I took of the silver. I took of the gold. Because of that, destruction followed. See, David had to have known. David was labeled in Scripture as a man, what? After God's own heart. David had his failures. David made mistakes. David sinned with Bathsheba, and David paid the consequence. But here we find in this place that David had enough wisdom to know that I'm not going to win this battle and then die because of these idol gods. God, send a revival to the church again today. Let it start at cross point. And it's not about show, and it's not about entertainment. It's about a people falling on their face before a holy God. God send a revival again help me Lord David had one response to the idol gods you know what it was burn them burn them somebody say fire Ooh, tell your neighbor fire ah, can I tell you what our response must be first of all let me say this what can wash away my sins Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But do you know what I'll burn up the chaff in your life? Do you know what I'll burn up those things that don't need to be there? It's what week what what Matthew three and uh, twelve says. John the Baptist said, "I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but there's one coming after me who's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire." Can I tell you what we need? We need a little Holy Ghost fire. Ah, I said we need a little genuine Holy Ghost fire. I'm not talking about that kind of strange fire folks can shout around the altar get loud in church and leave out here and live like the devil i'm talking about a genuine fire of the holy ghost and when he moves and falls in your life things begin to change you get your mouth cleaned up your mind cleaned up your life cleaned up your phone cleaned up your house cleaned up your marriage is right your children are living right what's happening there's a holy ghost fire that's falling in my life I know not everybody wants Holy Ghost fire. Well, then you don't want to be here because we're after Holy Ghost pandemonium fire. I'm talking about where God falls into place and people's lives are changed. That's my introduction. You see, after he burn up the idols, verse 13, and the Philistines... Yet again, spread themselves abroad in the valley. Here we go again. (sighs) A relentless enemy. See, there's always going to be another enemy. I I wish I could tell you today that you're going to reach a place where there are no more battles on this earth. If you're going to reach a place there's no more enemies to fight. Just in the case, is it, preacher? There's always going to be another enemy in this life. There will always be another battle to face. There will always be another valley to cross through. Always be another mountain to climb. But can I tell you, when you've got the Lord on your side, there can always be another victory in the middle of it all. Hallelujah. Ah, Ah, anybody glad for another victory? Glory, glory, glory. I like what David did in verse 14. The Bible says David inquired again of God another battle another prayer hallelujah another battle another inquiry inquiring minds want to know and David wanted to know lord here we are again so i want to ask you a question lord look at it down there around verse number 14 david asked the lord he said he said inquired of god again and god said something different this time he said go not up after them turn away from them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees David asked the Lord, he he prayed one more time, but this time the Lord said, hold up just a minute. It's always hard when we get that hold up. That wait just a second. That divine delay, anybody know what I'm talking about? That moment in our lives that we feel like we're being denied from victory. We're being denied from overcoming power. We're being denied from blessing. We're being denied from our calling. We're being denied for God's promise, God's plan, God's destiny for our life. But preacher, you've said it for years and years and years that delay does not mean denial. Would you? and I, I know you can Google it and find it. If you ever look, somebody turn to your neighbor and tell them delay doesn't mean denial. I want you to get it in your spirit today that even though the Lord may, have said hold up he's not saying no he most likely is saying not yet, not yet and and can I tell you today that God isn't worried about your battle he's not in the back room of heaven somewhere in the corner rocking back and forth trying to figure out what are we going to do with this devil that they're facing now he's not worried he's not scared and can I tell you he's not backing down and he is not finished Working in your life Ah Hold up just a minute Second Samuel 5 The account The Lord told him Fetch a compass behind them In other words he was saying Get into position Get into position Why? Because there's a plan Get into position for the plan to work get into position it's God's plan If you're working out your plan, get ready for destruction. But if you're standing and waiting on God's plan, get ready because victory is just over the horizon. If failing to plan is planning to fail, then we are surely headed towards victory because our God is a planner. Matter of fact, he said, I know the thoughts intentions, plans that I have for you. He said, it's thoughts to give you a future and a hope and expect it in. Can I tell you, God's got a the devil may have been planning to destroy you but God's plan is to bring you through it to the other side in victory and with anointing in your life God's got a plan well I'm sitting in a mess right now I'm glad to know he's got a, he's got a plan he, he, he specializes In a mess. He specializes in the broken pieces. What looks like a puzzle to us is God still working His plan. It's hard sometimes for us to see the big picture because all we can focus on is the missing part. But can I tell you, God is working His plan in your life. Even though He has said, Hold up, He's getting you into position. He told David to fetch a compass behind them, get into position. It's the Holy Ghost strategy that is always the best. It's learning to hear what the Spirit is saying, and I'll get to that in a minute. But he told them to get to the mulberry tree. You see, the mulberry tree, that very those words in the Hebrew is, is the Hebrew word baka, which means weeping. It references also in the book of Psalms the valley of baka, the valley of weeping. But it was believed to be the balsam tree. The interesting thing about the balsam tree is that when it is cut, it drips a sap. This mulberry tree was considered to be a weeping tree, a a tree that would weep when it was cut you see I believe today that the enemy wants us to see our times of weeping as something that is negative our times of weeping as something that is destructive but I want to tell you there's nothing greater for you to be doing in your waiting time than by the weeping tree be by the weeping tree in the moments that you feel that the enemy may be prevailing it's time for you to stand by the weeping tree waiting is not a weakness you've got to be willing to endure the waiting to experience the victory. You've got to be willing to persevere through the waiting to be more than a conqueror. There's so many folks that say, oh man, I want God to do this and God to do that but yet they're ready to throw in the towel at the first battle. Like the disciple that went to Jesus and said, oh, I want to follow you and Jesus said, go sell all you have and give the proceeds to the poor and the man went away sad because he was very wealthy can I tell you today if you want God to make you into something you gotta be willing to wait by the weeping tree cause there is a crushing you'll go through there's a pressing that you'll face it's not gonna be easy but it's in the plan and process of God he's gonna bring you through to the other side with victory and power and anointing in your life oh it's not easy to preach and it's not easy to hear There's three things to do in the waiting. The first one is be willing to weep. I'm camping out at the weeping tree. I'll weep under the Lord in the waiting. We have plenty to weep about if we look at our own selves. We find that even Joel told the priest and the ministers of the Lord in Joel chapter 2 in verse 17 he said let the priests, the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar if weeping is is, is representative of anything spiritually in our lives. It represents us humbling ourselves before the Lord. Camping out by the weeping tree is humbling ourselves to say, "I don't have it figured out. I can't do it by myself. I can't go out to this battle on my own. I need my God to be with me." It's a humility in our lives. In First Peter five and six, Peter said, "Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God." That that he may exalt you in due time. David didn't say, we, fe- we defeated him one time, boys. We're going to take him on again. He went back to the Lord and said, what do I do? And the Lord said, wait, son, go stand by that mulberry tree. Humble yourself and know that I'm going to go out before you. Break yourself open. Weep before the Lord. Listen, don't think my weeping is a weakness or a sign of defeat. The old saying is leaking eyes keeps a head from swelling. Weeping is something in our lives. It's us falling on our face before the Lord. I'm convinced that we don't weep enough as children of God. That We're not, we're not moved by the condition of our families, our friends, our world, our society, our cities and communities. Oh, how should we should be so much more on our face weeping under the Lord believing him to bring a victory oh can I tell you that the cost is great oh the cost is great and though we're weighed in the balance may we not be found wanting cause God wants to do great things in your life but you've gotta be willing to humble yourself before the Lord friend you keep doing what you're doing and you're gonna make a mess of it keep trying to do it the way you're doing it and you're gonna end up in devastation and destruction but if you'll humble, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God he's going to exalt you in the middle of it all and on the other side folks will want to know how'd you make it through it and you can tell them not by myself but by the strength of the Lord because greater is he that is in me and he that is in the world ah, weeping we stand the tallest when we're on our knees or on our face before the Lord David talked about how frail we are. Job was a man of such grief yet wept before the Lord. We find not only do we weep in the waiting, but we must choose to worship in the waiting. I don't have any scripture in this passage to back up this thought, but I know, I believe because of who David was, he was a worshiper. I have to, he may not have chimed out in, in a loud song, but I have to believe standing there under that, that mulberry tree, under that balsam shrub, standing there under that weeping tree, there had to have been something that swelled up inside of David. Perhaps he remembered being in the field as a shepherd boy when the when he defeated the lions and the bears and he worshiped the Lord playing his harp. Perhaps he remembered standing uh, in the valley facing the giant called Goliath and defeated him with a stone and a sword in his hand cutting off Goliath's head. Perhaps he remembered that he had went into the very halls of the palace of Saul and played his harp and ran off demonic spirits by the power of worship. But somewhere inside of him had to be a worship that was going up to the Lord. Can I tell you, if there's anything the devil wants, he wants to silence the worship in Your life. He wants to keep you from worshiping your God. But if you've ever stirred yourself up before, I ask you to stir yourself now. Though the battle may have been long, though the valley may be deep, there's a God that is still on your side and He's going to bring you through it. Just continue to worship Him. Uh, I'm not weeping in defeat. I'm just a worshiper broken before a holy God. I might be in the middle of a storm. Oh, but you're gonna find me singing in the rain. Hallelujah. Would you just turn to your neighbor and tell him I'm singing in the rain? Mama. Psalms 34 and 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. My weeping. Is about my hunger and my hunger pushes me to worship. Hallelujah. I refuse to let the devil stop my song. Now, some of you might say, Pastor, I can't sing a lick. Come on, brother. I can't sing a lick. If I sing, I'll run everybody off. Well, Why don't you take that chance? Because the devil ain't going to like it neither. The Lord said make a joyful noise. Amen. you got my permission to open open up your mouth and sing unto the Lord. Oh, in Psalms 137 and 2, the children of Israel were taken captive into Babylon, and the Bible says they hung their harps on the willows, and the enemy was taunting them, saying, come on, sing us one of those songs of Zion. But they said, how can we sing the song of Zion in a strange land? Can I tell you today, make up your mind that no matter where you, are right now that there's still going to be a worship in your soul and a song in your mouth you might be in a land of sickness worship him as the healer you might be in a land of need worship him as your provider you might be in a land of bondage worship him as your deliverer he's worthy, worthy, worthy to be praised worship him weep in the waiting worship in the waiting listen in the waiting Sometimes it's hard to listen. But you got to tune out the crowd. You got to tune out the negative voices. <coughs> you got to tune out those that are taunting the enemy. And you got to listen. The taunting of the enemy, and you got to listen for what the Spirit is saying. Out the crowd. Tune out that voice of the enemy. But listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying, Fausti. Verse 15 it says, And it shall be when you hear. It shall be. It will be. This is going to happen. When you hear. Matthew 11 and 15, Revelation 2 and 7, Jesus said these words, He that hath an ear, let him hear. Sometimes, you know what, you you just don't know what to do. You can't see it. You can't feel it. But if you'll lean your ear in, You can hear it. Romans 10 and 17, Paul said, Faith comes by hearing and what? Hearing by the word of God. He said, when you hear the sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees, we could... Spent a long time, Brother Marshall, talking about all of that, the goings, the marchings, the tops, (coughs) what it all means. I just want us to focus on the sound. David, you're not going to see anything yet. You're not going to feel anything yet. But you're going to hear something. And when you hear something, you need to go because the Lord has gone forth before you. Listen, 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 listen today. The word of the Lord is speaking to you this morning hear the sound of the goings in the tops. The the wind had to have started blowing and those leaves had to have started waving. And David couldn't see anything. He couldn't feel anything but he heard something. It's not down here where we're at. No, it's happening up there. I hear a sound of a going in the trees. Down here the devil's telling me I'm going to be defeated but I hear a sound from heaven that says victory is on the way Down here the enemy said I'm going to die in the middle of it but I hear a sound from heaven that says I'm going to be victorious in the name of Jesus. I hear a sound. The word of the Lord declares unto you today. I want you to stand. The word of the Lord declares unto you today. You're the head and not the tail. You're blessed and not cursed your God will supply all your need with his stripes you are healed God is your refuge your strong tower your deliverer and your strength greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world you shall be endued with power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you it's a sound that <coughs> we're troubled on every side yet not distressed, we're perplexed but not in despair, we're persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. What do I do, preacher? You do what David did. he waited. Trusted the Lord. His son spoke about it in Proverbs 3 and 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not on your own understanding. It doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. I'm just gonna trust the Lord. I'm waiting by the weeping tree, just worshiping and trusting my God. you got to trust God going forward. And I like this. It's, it's not original with me, but I like it. Trust God going forward, what will only make sense in reverse. David had to have looked back and said, Wow, I'm so glad I didn't let fear cripple me. I'm so glad I didn't let pride steer me the wrong way. I'm so glad we burnt them idol gods. I'm so glad we trusted in our Lord. Trust your way into triumph. Trust. Trust God and not your heart. Trust what you hear, not what you see. See, I hear the Holy Spirit calling today. He's calling today. Some of you are in back-to-back battles. Some of you are weary because of all of it. You're tired. Maybe that was part of David's thing. He said, Lord, what do we do now? And the Lord in his omniscience said, don't go up yet, David. Come over here. I'm going to plant you over by this weeping tree. See, Scripture talks about Jesus, the righteous branch, the root of David. Just as the balsam tree or the mulberry tree when it's cut it drips sap that sap can be taken and turned into a lot of things our righteous branch today was cut one day on a hill called Calvary and from his body blood and water flowed and can I tell you today it's still dripping from the throne room of heaven The mercy seat has not run dry. Hallelujah. And today I want to tell you that there's one that wept for you on the cross. He wept for you every sin you ever committed. He wept for you and he took it on himself. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. He was as a sheep before his shears is dumb. He opened not his mouth. He didn't complain. He could have called 10,000 angels from heaven, but he didn't. He stayed on that tree and he allowed his own body to be cut and ripped apart and mutilated. And he wept from that tree. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He wept from that tree, not because of his sin, but because of ours, not because he couldn't win the battle, because the victory. Victory was already won, but because we would need victory when he looked forward 2,000 years nearly until 2023 when we'd gather in a sanctuary on Highway 9 the Ponce de Leon. He was the weeping tree for your life. And can I tell you today, because he was cut, there is a sap that's dripping in this place. There's an anointing. There's a power. There's a and he's here today to bring victory unto your life he won it all he won it all just for us so what do I do preacher what do I do
0: I trust in God, my Savior, you're the one who can never
1: Is raging though the enemy's camped out coming against me yet again it seems like I can't catch a break it seems like things just won't get better inside I'm ready to throw in the towel and quit what am I gonna do I'm gonna trust in God Ooh, in the waiting for this to turn around I'm gonna camp out by the cross that weeping tree I'm going to camp out there and I'm going to worship my way through this struggle I'm going to worship my way through this battle I'm going to worship my way through a sickness I'm going to worship my way through every need I'm going to worship and I'm going to trust
0: I'm going to trust in my God
1: What are we going to do, preach? I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to seek the Lord right here. Because when we seek him, you know what? We find him. The Lord gave us a real easy way to remember it. He gave us, gave us an acronym. A-S-K. Ask. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened. I'm going to ask him to come today and work inside of me. I'm going to seek him until I find him. And I'm going to knock, knock, knock on heaven's door with my worship, with my hunger, with my praise until heaven moves in my life. I'm going to seek him. I'm going to cry out. I'm not going to walk out that door like I walked in. If you're lost today and if you were to die today, you know you would split hell wide open. You are not ready to go into eternity. What are you going to do with this moment? Because the Lord brought you here on purpose. He brought you here for you to hear this chunky little ball-headed preacher tell you that the Lord loves you and he cares about you and he died just for you and if you'd have been the only one he still would have died just for you and the mess you're in you can't clean it up yourself you can't save yourself you can't make it to heaven on good works or on the money you've got but you can call out on a savior and he will come to you today if you'll humble yourself doesn't matter if you've ne- if you've been saved before and you're backslidden away-, and away from Him. Today is the day of salvation. If you've never asked Him into your heart as Savior, friend, there's no day like today, because today is the day of salvation so I want to ask you to do something bold if that's you, you fall into either one of those categories I know a lot of preachers want to make it easy for you, but I'm going to tell you, if you can't do it right now in a house filled with folks that will love you and celebrate with you and cheer because of what God's doing in your life you're not going to be able to do it walking out there by the time you get to the job, you're going to be cowarding in faith, but if you today will make a stand in boldness and say I'm leaving the world behind and I'm going to Jesus, I'm forsaking everything else and I'm going to Jesus if that's you, get out from Where you're standing right now, and make your way down to this altar and let God Almighty work in your life. And if you don't want to come by yourself, grab your neighbor's hand and say, Go with me. Grab that spouse's hand and say, Baby, it's time. Let's go back to the Lord. Let's go back to the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus hallelujah can we thank the Lord for these that have come to the altar this morning
0: I feel him dealing with folks today I feel it
1: it's time to seek him
0: cause I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered i sought the lord and he heard and he answered that's why i trust him that's why i trust him i sought the lord and he heard and he answered my mama, are you feeling that our
1: chairs this morning and let's make our way down to this front and let's seek him until he comes and rains righteousness upon us who's not afraid to step out now give me musicians and singers up here and let's seek him until he comes families would you come together husbands and wives would you come together and let's seek him until he
0: comes let's seek him until he comes Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.